episode of Learned, the podcast, with your hosts, Dr. John Paul and Kevin Allred. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Learned, where we bridge the intersections of pop culture and education. I am Dr. John Paul, also Trump's illegible notes for his trial. What? <laughs> I don't Who are you today? Oh, I'm Kevin. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> oh, damn, that caught me so off guard. I don't know who I am today. I'm you're no, not, I'm nobody. <laughs> you're nobody. No, you should be. Uh, you could be, be. Um, let's who? Let's see who you could be. You can be. Um, What's is that the larynx when you sing? You can be uh, what's her oh, name? What's that loud lady's name? Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson? Hudson's larynx. <laughs> you could be <laughs> okay. Oh my I don't God. know why. I just thought that I was like, ah! <laughs> she just be screaming for no reason. <laughs> oh, I see her on TV and it just gets so loud. <laughs> just be like, why is she so loud? But anyway, welcome. Child, it has been 2021 literally said, hold my beer to 2020. What a time it has been. How are you doing, sis? I'm fine, I guess. Just coming in all goofy. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just really, <laughs> we're almost at a year of like New York being locked down. Yeah. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here inside my house. I'm, I don't know. I'm like hitting a wall. I think I've said that before, but I'm hitting a wall again. And I just like want the fuck out of my house. And I want to go somewhere. Oh Oh, my God. Be somewhere that's not here. And I mean, the thing for me is I see people on vacation and I see people doing stuff. And I'm like, y'all got some, like, you literally have to have like no sense to be in another city state or country right now in the middle of a pandemic because i just i don't know like for me like i can't even think about moving through an airport like i already get so much anxiety just doing simple stuff around my city less alone going to an airport getting on a plane flying to a different anyway i i i genuinely don't so i'll just i'll say this and then we can move on earlier today my um, the place where I live, they sent out because they've been doing a lot of construction where I stay, and they sent out an email and basically they were saying, "Oh, we're doing a quality of life survey where we're trying to figure out for people <laughs> who are working at home, what do you need?" And I was gonna ignore the email because I was like, ah, "I'm not feeling." I genuinely do surveys. I hate doing surveys, and so I was like, "I'm not gonna do it." But then I thought I was like, "Well, if I don't, then I'll be mad at myself if they don't do anything." Um, or they do something I don't like. So I did the survey, and at the end it said, was there anything else that we could do to help you, um, you know, in terms of working from home? And I was like, please help. <laughs> just like, please help. Like, SOS. Just get me out of here. Like, I just, it's like I want, I want freedom. I want to go up to my roof and, like, write SOS in rocks or something yeah. so that someone flying over might see just, it. And, I mean, I guess it's just all of America. Like, Canada, can you help? Can someone else come and help? Like, <laughs> we need, I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I saw, if I even saw, like, you know, like a few years ago, if I ever saw like a flying saucer over where I lived, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, what is going on here? I'm so afraid. 
Now I would literally just be like, um, take me with so you. how do I get up there? <laughs> just please take yeah. me away. I, but I'm I'm right there with you. Like I have nothing other than just a big feeling of like it's gonna. We are literally a month away from this being a year yeah. of us being in this. I remember literally. it was St. Patrick's Day was the last mm-hmm. day. Everything was open in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. So. so we're almost a year, and so I just I I, I know that we're we, we've had several conversations in past episodes about the vaccine and everything else. So I'm. I'm hoping that, you know, we can get out of this soon. But otherwise, um, you know, here we are. We'll continue to just keep pushing along. That being said, we have a whole episode to kind of get through. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to chop it up this week. We have a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. So um, I pinged Kevin at the top of, or I would say at the, the end of last week. And I had asked them if they watched the um, Britney Spears doc. So I'll say this before we get into the conversation. This entire conversation will not be about the Britney Spears doc, but there will be a lot of conversations that will be adjacent to it. Um, I knew that the doc was coming out. I had been following all of the New York Post. Um, Basically, they started the shorts. They basically had did a short run on FX last year with a couple of stories. And I think that they were just trying to see how people would respond to it. And then I think Hulu bought it. And so now they're doing all of their little short situations with Hulu. Um, And so I knew the Britney one was coming. However, um, I think there's so much to unpack around that. Um, Kevin, did you watch it? Or did you like kind of pay attention to it? You didn't? I didn't watch it. Um, Okay, that's fair. But, like, I remember living through it, so... Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It didn't say... There's nothing in the documentary that I don't think any of us knew. Right. That's what I was going to ask, yeah. Mm -mm. There's nothing in it that made us go, oh, my God, that's really, you know, that's really fucked up. I think the way that they frame the doc... So, so so basically, so let's, let's start here. So, today's conversation, me and Kevin had gone back and forth talking about this notion of what I like to call a culture of mean. And I have been noticing this specifically now with the, pan- with the pandemic, being online kind of all the time at this point, right? Like if I'm not doing something in relation to like a deadline or I'm not doing a speaking engagement or I'm not like working on something, I'm usually on like Twitter. Um, and so kind of perusing social media, I had started to notice, like I'm noticing People posting, like even thinking about, so I'll shout out, I just want to say the shout out to my friend Francesca. My friend Francesca had posted that she's now getting ready to be a producer slash writer on iCarly. Um, and someone had jumped in her mentions and was just basically spewing like, you know, you, you're you on this show now and, you know, you're not a lesbian and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, where did this come from? Like, why are, why do people feel the need every waking moment of the day to be mean to other people online? So when the Britney Spears doc premiered and I watched it last week, as we were, as I was watching through it, I was like, damn, like people were so fucking mean to her. Like people were really, really mean to her. And I talk about mean in the sense of like people joking about her nervous breakdown that she had after she had her child, um, you know, and I, and I even looked at my husband and said, I think that the whole conversation would have been different. It would still have been the really fucked up conversation. Like, damn, they're being mean to her. But I also think that there was a part of me that said, what if this would have happened when social media was around? Like, what if this happened in like 2012 or 2013? 
how different the rhetoric around her would have been. So that's kind of what we're getting into today. Like, I, I guess the question I have for you, Kevin, that we're going to jump into is like, where does it come from? Like, why, why, why are people so like, even, and you would think like, we're out of high school, we're out of, we're out of the ages of being young. And, and I don't know, I just, I don't understand why people are mean to other people online. And so watching that documentary, I had so many different triggers. So I wanted to know like your thoughts of why are people so mean? Well, I think there's two things about the Britney Spears story. I don't actually think, do you think it would be different if it happened today? I think it would be worse. There's, yeah, that's well, what I was saying. Like, oh, okay. If it happened in that frame of like, because I think we didn't have our real great awakening around treat people better, do better by people until like around 2014, 2015, which I like to call like the Tumblr awakening. Right. I'm saying like between that 2008, 2000, like maybe 2012, 2013 frame, I felt like everything would have been worse for her if that would have happened. Oh, but I think even still today it would be worse. So what I was really? saying is, yeah, like the, there's two things about, the badness or the meanness of there's the meanness which is one part which is mm -hmm. we weren't all online so we weren't all throwing it into the ether like for everyone to consume constantly but the media was doing mm -hmm. that so the media had more of a role then and then there's the other aspect of her dad being like this total fucking douchebag that you right. know took control of all her money and that's like this whole other story where she's mm -hmm. like a grown adult woman who can't uh, access live. her own yeah mm -hmm. can't access her own money and all of that stuff so separating those two things because I think that's the unique part about Britney Spears story that could be taken and learned a lot from I don't think it's as unique about what happened to her in terms of being people being mean because I think mm -hmm. we see that's still happening to celebrities today and it's just like horrible things that people say and you know who knows what any particular celebrity sees sometimes we know because they get online too and like shout back at it right um but you know like thinking about someone like demi lovato who struggled with a, a lot of addiction issues and the way people uh -huh. were treating her and um you know and this isn't any this also gets conflated with like being a fan of someone right because i'm actually <laughs> i was saying i'll get dragged for this but i'm like a zero percent fan of britney spears her music came out mm -hmm. i was not into it at the time i am still not into it i think in terms of like talent um she's a she's a pretty mediocre in terms of the <laughs> songs and the stuff mm -hmm. she puts out mm -hmm. but that's the same with the majority of pop artists that come out, you know, See. a few kind of rise to the top and become artist artists that are right. more longstanding, but pop music really is this kind of fade in, fade out really quickly kind of thing. So I don't, that doesn't mean that I think what happened to her is like good or warranted or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's mm -hmm. like, we have to divorce the being a fan of someone's music to, and, and how they're treated as a human being um, right, right. You know, during that same time, I also think of, and maybe it's the visual of like, you know, Britney famously shaved her head. Um, Sinead O'Connor also went through yeah. a lot of stuff at the time, and she's she sure did. Um, for protesting, like for no, no fault of her own, she protested mm -hmm. the 
you know, Catholic Church ripping up the picture of the Pope yeah, on SNL. Ripped, yeah, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. And she got banned from SNL. One of, I think, maybe still the only artist that's banned from SNL. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a couple more. But um, And then seeing her, like, mental health collapse in yeah. later years. Um, stuff that happened with the Dixie Chicks that was, mm-hmm. you know... there's there's I'm all sure these, it impacts them still. Yeah, there's all these different... Um, not to minimize one or say one's worse than the other, but there's all these aspects of how mean people are to right. uh, celebrities. I guess maybe thinking, well, before, I think part of it was thinking, oh, you know, my opinion doesn't reach them. I make a joke, a mean joke mm-hmm. about Britney Spears with my friends. You know, that doesn't escalate up to her ears, say. Right. Um, but we don't take into account what the media was doing at the time that mm-hmm. does definitely get mm-hmm. up to her. And today, you can be a nobody, five followers, make some kind of tweet, and just because the stars line up at that moment, it gets it goes it gets viral, and then to where it gets to them, yep. yeah, and they yep. hear it, or their mm-hmm. team hears it and tries to keep mm-hmm. it away from them. So, I don't know what the impulse about being so mean is other than maybe i mean there's like psychological stuff about jealousy or you feeling inadequate or you maybe feeling maybe people felt like oh well she's not talented enough to be this famous or rich or whatever you know so then meanness comes in i'm sure there's also you know we're starting off with her as an example but there's meanness that takes different forms based on Mm -hmm. um race and gender and you know women get it much harder than in the media than men ever do and then Mm -hmm. you add on race to things and you have other aspects of power and identity going on so i don't know i'm and like you say the I always focused on the Justin Timberlake part. I actually, I didn't know. I, so I was the Jack. People are eating him <laughs> up this week and, and he deserves it. Right. He deserves it. But it's funny to me because it's like, where were you? Like it, he, <laughs> yeah. I have hated Justin Timberlake since Same. he Same. did. And I didn't really, I wasn't following oh, the Britney stuff as closely, but the Janet Jackson mm-hmm. moment was the moment I swore him a lifelong enemy of mine gotta go yeah Yeah, because like what you did to janet jackson who by the way was she was a legend at that point and he like dragged her down britney was up and coming not to again not to say these are different or whatever right right, 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 but janet jackson think about how this young white guy ruined the career of this legend it would be like Mm-hmm. I mean, Janet Jackson at that point was like Beyonce today, not in terms yeah. of the artistry, but in terms of the popularity. I think for me, it was she. Ha- it was me watching her, and I think that's the thing I, I'm thinking about too. Like when you talk about meanness per se, like the the meanness in the industry, the meanness outside of it. She had to rebuild herself back up to being like just this revered. I'm Janet Jackson. Like it felt like between 2004 and maybe 2000, right around maybe 2008, 2009 when feedback came out, there was this lull around when Demita Joe came out that she was basically struggling. Like it was like Demita well, Joe was, wasn't moving. She Go was ahead. blacklisted from all the radio yeah. stations. So yeah, none of she it was. not perform anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think she's still uh, no. kind of revived. She's put out more music and she took a long hiatus after discipline but she 
uh, and there's still rumored this, like, right before the pandemic hit, she was working on an album. So yeah. now that, of course, is on the shelves or whatever. But she still really hasn't re-emerged uh, as, you know, an artist like that. Like, mm-hmm. Madonna is another artist that's out there of a certain caliber. Like, I think her material after basically like a prayer or so much like that has gone way downhill but she still stayed out there as like a major figure in pop music and janet jackson didn't even have that luxury because she was kind of disappeared for a while Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and it's because of justin timberlake it is it is and i think so you know not to spend too much time on justin timberlake but i think my biggest thing is like even thinking about the way that they did michael like the I, I've been thinking a lot about that a lot. Like as they, we've been as we've been dancing around the conversation around Britney, um, mm. I thought you know I put a couple of names in here, right? Like I put Lizzo. I said the way that folks did Lizzo when Lizzo, you know, kind of came out with her second album and things started going really well for her. Um, the conversation around Chloe Bailey. So like uh, I don't, mm. I mean, I don't know if you're following what's happening with you know the, with with Chloe and Hallie, but that's also a part of the internet that's been really mean. And so taking it back to my thought around even Michael Jackson, this idea that he didn't really start becoming like he it didn't seem like he started losing his mind until media got to him, until they started mm. calling him, you know, wacko jacko and all these other things. And so it's just, you know, I think about this and, and specifically the reason why I think I kind of mentioned this and I think about this as somebody who grew up being severely bullied. Like I was bullied from the time I got to public school to the time I graduated. Um, And even, you know, in the MySpace days, you know, I would have people leave me really cruel messages in my inbox, right? Um, Now, you know, it's very interesting because I don't get bullied as much online, but I am very much in the mindset of like, it's nice to be able to like block people the way that I I didn't really have a chance to do when I was in high school. Um, But, you know, I think about it from that perspective of like, we don't talk enough about the societal impacts that, and and again, I don't want this to sound, um, I don't want this to sound elementary when we talk about bullying, but I, I think there becomes this whole, and this is what I call it. I call it a culture of mean. And I think, what we have not really given a lot of thought or a lot of time and we've not really talked about enough is how this culture of mean manifests and how it continues to move in so many different facets. And so it's like, okay, the entertainment industry, we know the entertainment industry is trash. We know that, you know, people are going to have thoughts and opinions about different artists because again, artistry is left up to be critiqued. Okay, fantastic. We hear that. But when you start calling someone, you know, if you're trolling someone for being you know, confident in their larger body or you troll. And I I mean, that's a big part of the reason why I've never put, you know, I have friends who have recently started putting like, you know, I'm fat and I'm proud. And they're putting like shirtless photos on, you know, their Twitter and stuff or on their Instagram. And I'm going, girl, I ain't never doing that because I, I know in my heart of hearts that even though I am such a better person now, that I would say that 14, 15 year old person that lives inside of me, is fearful of what other people have to say because the culture of mean is awful. That and, and and in America it thrives in so many different ways. And so I had even put on here like 
talking about like working in education. I don't know what your experience was like working on a college campus, but even working on a college campus, I'm going, aren't we like adults? And y'all are still acting like children in a sandbox. Like, you know, CC, you know, BCCing people that's are, that aren't supposed to be BCC'd on emails or going over to people's offices and being like, oh my God, I heard so-and-so got written up for X, Y, and Z. Like, why? Like, why are we so as a people invested in the demise of other people? I think that's been the biggest question I've had for a very long time. Right. And I think what becomes an interesting conversation, a more interesting conversation for me is, you know, we talk about bullying mm -hmm. in terms of or, or being mean, the culture of meanness around I guess marginalized people as victims but mm -hmm. once you broaden out this whole thing it's not just marginalized people as victims it's also marginalized people that are mean to other to other people too and so it's a it's a the question becomes just to use an example for, uh, for me from you know academia uh mm -hmm. or whatever there's there's levels to this because i'm say an adjunct instructor I don't have power in any sense in right. in a department. And I worked in a women's and gender studies department, yeah. supposedly feminist and supposedly, you know, e equitable and <laughs> all look. of these things. So, right, I'm a white man, but Child. meanness and, and a form of bullying sent my way by people with power over me mm -hmm. who, who could be white women black women whoever white men even in in some cases but the dynamic that we simplify the dynamic all the time so it's like right. oh how could kevin as a as a white man talk this way when the supervisor is a black woman when he mm -hmm. pretends to care about black women and pretends to, i'm using air quotes because i believe that i do but the power dynamic in those situations if mm -hmm. A black woman with tenure is the person above me and um, in some situations took away op the opportunities I had while things were going on behind the scenes being passed to me about how a particular person really didn't like me and had no particular reason for disliking me, but uh, then had the power to also take away my paycheck from it, then yeah. that becomes a different story. But what the, the public sees is me speaking out against other marginalized people which i would typically not do right but right, right. when you take into these power dynamics and that's something about academia that should be and that's not to say that there aren't also a lot of black women as adjuncts and that's why i actually like stepped back and said fine i don't want this like give this position mm -hmm. to someone else because this isn't worth it um but i think you should still talk about this because there's a culture of bullying going on and you then you use marginalized status to deflect that you are also the bully Right, right. Um, even among people of the same, you know, you mentioned Lizzo as a as an example. People bullying her uh, for being comfortable in her skin and and right. living the way she wants to live. But then you know what? On the flip side, I also saw not too long ago, um, folks from like the woke left, woker than thou, bullying her because she said she was going to go on a cleanse at one point. Right, um, right. 
And then, of course, all the people that had supported her for uh, living comfortably in her body come at her in the same mean ways that the bullies yep. from the other side come at her, being yeah. like, oh, now she's fat phobic, and now she's da-da-da, and now she's anti-fat, which isn't the case. You throw around all these huge systemic <laughs> oppression words, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it sounds, and, and it, it has more of an impact on a person than just right. saying, like, oh, you called me a... Uh, an, an asshole you call me an asshole that's like one form of bullying but then throwing like oh now she's contributing to anti-fatness well what are you talking about man there's like <laughs> you gotta parcel out so many different things so the thing that i see is like when the woke left also do you really want to change anything or do you all just want to be the bullies with power over the people that used to bully you and that's yep where it has some something has to come in as a as a a wedge there to to stop the cycle or it's like some bullies are just the bullies using the progressive language but you're still being the bully you know that's where i want to talk about (laughs) yes and you yeah you're totally right and i'll i'll even say this i'll go on record and say so i'm not going to say what podcast it is read between the lines i actually for a very long time was very supportive of a podcast and i loved it i loved both of the people on the podcast i loved the ways that they talked about very nuanced conversations kind of like the way we do on our and i feel like on our podcast I've, Mm -hmm. i've had people reach out and say you took a topic and you took a concept and you made it so much more digestible for me to be able to understand. So I, th- I was like, okay, great, fantastic. When I first found it, I thought it was fa- I thought it was amazing. And then I just started noticing like as the time went on that the the people who were hosting the podcast were just mean. Like <laughs> I it got to a place where I was just going, this is not this th- like this conversation could be so much more I want to say the, I, the first word that comes to mind is equitable. And I don't think that that's really the word I should be using, but I'm going to use it because mm. I'm tired and it is what it is. Like, I, I felt like there, I felt like there was a way that we could talk about certain topics without it feeling like you were just being nasty. And it just didn't feel so after a while after listening, because I was like, OK, is this just me being in my head because both of these people are becoming more successful and, you know, I'm starting out my career. And like I was I was trying to get in my head about what made me feel the way that I felt about both of the people on the show. And then I recognized I was like, no, I was like, I don't like this podcast anymore because these people are just. They, they've personified what it feels to be me. And it re- what really solidified it for me, too, was I went to one of their live shows. And while I was sitting in the live show, like everyone was laughing around me. And I'm like, my partner was with me, too. Like, I'm looking at my partner, and my partner's not laughing, and I'm not laughing either. And I'm going, mm, this feels odd. Um, and so I think that that's the thing for me. It's like, I just, you know, I, I, I'm constantly in this mindset of, like, I will catch my and I think that this is also something you know having a therapist has helped me a lot too like in what ways are we deflecting our own hurt onto other people mm-hmm. and I know like I said a lot of this stuff sounds cliche but I think when we really start like layering it out and we really start really understanding 
what it really comes down to in the sense of like how mean we are to other people online, um, how we respond to people in real life. Like even, you know, last night I had a situation where I was getting something taken care of um, and the woman looked at me and she just was like, thank you so much for being nice. <laughs> and I just was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you know, she was like, I feel like I, I, I just, she was like, we've been in here for an hour and a half trying to take care of this situation. And you've been so kind the entire time. And I was like, well, why would I be, you know, why would I be an asshole to you? Like, I don't understand why I would need to be mean to you when you're trying to help me with the service. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing. Like, I'm in this place where I am genuinely a believer that the energy that you put out into the world is the energy you're going to get back. And I'll just say this, you know, you can call me hippy dippy. You can call me whatever you want. But a lot of people, the reason why they keep going, why is my life so awful? Why does it seem like no, you know, why does it seem like everything bad keeps happening to me? It's happening to you because you're a, you're mean, you're a <laughs> nasty person. And, and you, and you try to pass yourself off as, oh, I'm kind or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do better in this world. I'm trying to give the world, but in genuine, in like, in genuine sense, like I watch the, like people think I tweet more than I watch the timeline. Actually, it's the opposite. I mm. actually watch the timeline more than I tweet. And I see people engaging in conversations. I see the way that people talk about other celebrities. I see the way that people, you know, will say really mean things to artists who really don't deserve it. Like what, what, what does it gain? And I think that that's the thing that pisses me off so much about Britney Spears. So I told you this offline. I'm getting really passionate about it because I said, Britney Spears is the only white woman in this world that I would truly go up for. Like she, I feel like she doesn't have one bad bone in her body. Yeah. And it just it it really throws me for a loop that of, of like how awful like as I reflect on it, you know, again, I was in college. I, I had a very young mind. I don't think I you know, I don't even think I fully understood what was happening to her. Like I go back to that. Give me more performance all the time. And I think how like if if we if we get down to the schematics of that performance. So I just want to take a moment. You remember that performance, right? When she performed at the MTV Music Awards in 2008. If we yeah. think about the schematics of that, not only did somebody have to say yes to letting that, per that, that but there were, I would say, hundreds of people that that performance had to go through. And there was not one person <laughs> at MTV who stopped and said, I don't think she's in a good place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I would have been in that room going like, "Hey y'all. So I understand that she's a performer, but I don't think she's in a good place for this performance. Mm -hmm. Can we not do this cuz it feels exploitive?" But I guess that's just me. There's so many That's a great point cuz there's so many things I can think of in like just music history, but it happens everywhere it's like mm -hmm. so many people see yes. this going on just like Whitney Houston you mentioned before we got on here like yeah watching what was happening to Whitney Houston no one's saying you know what I think she needs well in fact some people saying but nobody listening to them or you know she needs some help we shouldn't let her go on but of course her family this is actually a parallel because Whitney Houston's family was also milking her for money um not in the extreme way that Britney Spears' father ended up doing it, but 
um, Whitney Houston's family. Like, she has to go back on mm-hmm. the road. We can't send her to a rehab because she has to get back on the road because we right. have to pay, pay our bills, like the family. Yeah. Not ev- not everyone, but so many people around her. So it's like so many people see disaster coming, but they mm-hmm. care more about the money than they care about the humanness of that person. Whether yep. it's Brittany, whether it's mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, whether it's I don't know how many people you know how many musicians with struggling with addiction not that that's britney but in whitney's case you see it coming and so few people try and get them help instead they put them back out there to make more money or whatever so it's it's not that people don't care or don't see it it's that being mean um is capital it it gets you well it gets you something even mm-hmm. if you're online uh, on Twitter and you're just com- you're nobody, you're commenting on everything from a basement, you know, girl, and you you see people's mean tweets get so much attention that it's like, oh, well, this is how I get attention. This is how mm-hmm. I because even if it's people disagreeing with the mean tweet, it's still that's what's so shitty about social media. It's like yeah. people still retweet it. And that's the metric that. Mm-hmm. makes them money but also gets you attention right. so it's like you know no no attention is bad attention kind of gimmick mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so many in in entertainment think about or mm-hmm. or espouse um but it's it encourages people to be more mean there's no yeah. incentive for us to be kind to one another yeah there never I, has been that's such a great point i think it's such a great point that there is no incentive for us to be kind to one another And I think that, you know, when you think about this idea of like media as a whole, and this is the reason why I I think the reason why we're having this conversation, because I think some people may say, okay, well, what's the point? Why am I, why at, you know, the 33 minute mark is, you know, Kevin and John still dancing around this conversation around being a bully. And I think, I think for me, it's like, there, there were two or three things that hit my mind when I decided to kind of like type up our notes for our producer notes, quote unquote. I'm starting to call myself a producer because obviously we have uh-huh. to produce a show and this is a show. So when I when I went into my notes to produce this, I was thinking to myself, like, what do I want folks to take away from this conversation? And I think the biggest thing that I've I've been kind of focusing on specifically now being that we're in a pandemic is I'm I'm so much more cautious with my words now because of not knowing the state that other people are living in in their own mind. Mm. Like, I feel like we have to understand that the pandemic has escalated everything. So, like, maybe a year ago, if somebody would have called me ugly and fat, I would have been like, <laughs> you know, whatever, girl, you don't know me. Like, fuck off, right? But I'm thinking to myself, I've been in a house for a year And I have been struggling with my mental health for a year. And because of the pandemic, everything seems so much bigger. So Mm -hmm. now someone online calling me ugly and fat is a totally different conversation than what it would have looked like in January, 2020. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. just in this mind of like processing out all of these pieces as I move through this conversation of like, Yes, it starts with the conversation around why were people so shitty to Britney Spears? Why are people so shitty to Lizzo? A little bit later, we're going to talk about the Gorilla Glue woman. Like, why, why, (laughs) why is it that people are so mean? But then when we start processing it out about the ways that media and entertainment as a whole is not only 
making money off of the idea of people being mean to one another. But now media is now making even more money off of the fact that we're all in peril because of the pandemic and because of us being mean to each other. It's like, when does it stop? And I think that that's the thing. Like, I just, I I wake up every day going like, I just can't fathom in my mind on top of like how awful this world is right now to be terrible to someone else. Like, I just, I can't bring myself to even, th- like I even had to fix my mind going into the store yesterday. Like I said, I was getting help with. So sidebar, T-Mobile merch was Sprint and I had <laughs> to go into the T-Mobile store to get my phone taken care of because they won't leave me alone about getting off of Sprint. That's a whole nother conversation for a different day. But I just, I, like, I, like I said, being in the store last night and seeing this woman who I could tell had probably was just was tired, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about my husband who works in a store, like I just can't bring myself to think right now specifically, like anything is worth being so mean and so nasty to someone else when I don't know what they're going through. I just can't bring yeah. myself to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I think our impulse, it's like you have to fight your impulse to be mean because it's almost naturalized now, mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. And I can think of times when I have, nobody's perfect. I can think of times when I've legitimately been mean, sometimes intentionally mean, sometimes just it came out like out, you know, out of nowhere because I was just at that moment limit or whatever. And those times stick in my head as I wish I wouldn't have handled something that way right Um, right whereas all these other times like oh you don't regret being too nice to the person at the Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the Mm -hmm. um store even if they're being kind of mean to you but Mm -hmm. i there's like a handful of times i can remember that like oh i shouldn't have handled that that way because it's not necessary and i think now so much of political discourse um and social justice discourse even has become meanness and yeah. and meanness uh justified meanness i would yeah. call it yeah uh mm-hmm. rather than justified critique it's become yeah. just it's slipped into justified meanness and that doesn't mm-hmm. help I, anything i don't it doesn't think. it doesn't help anything and 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 i think this is a great point to like, I think, close out this, you know, close out the the syllabus on, I think now in terms of like this larger conversation is should we all jump in Justin Timberlake's inbox and call him a whole bunch of names if you mean to him? No, that is not what I think we are saying today. I think there's a there's a there's a fine line between let's hold someone accountable for what they did in the past and what they might even still be doing to an extent. Mm hmm. And let's have a conversation around what does accountability look like even because I mean, even Tyra Banks, I mean, I think a lot of people are saying Tyra Banks was a mean girl back in the heyday, right? Of, she was so mean. <laughs> she was so mean to those girls. I'll never get over the fact that she shaved so off some mean. of those girls hair and sent them home like yeah. the very next episode. Like, so yeah. there are a lot of people that are even saying that still like Tyra needs to be needs to be held to the fire about the way that she was mean to these women back in the early 2000s. But I say all of that to say, like, there's a fine line between saying, let's hold someone accountable for how mean they are versus being mean to someone for how mean they were in the past. And I'm not saying to be mean to Justin. I'm just saying we all I think a great point, you you know, you're adding is really we just all need to be mindful that everybody 
is going through something. And even if we're going through something, like I had to catch myself a couple weeks ago, I was literally ready to jump over a table at a cheesecake factory because this girl got my order <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but to say the least, like I had to breathe and I had to pray to Beyonce and I had to say, girl, this woman, it's raining, it's cold. This woman is tired. You're tired. Get your food and go home. Like I, that was literally what I just kept repeating. It's cold. It's raining. You're tired. She's tired. Just get your food and go home. And I think doing yeah. that made her night better. It made my night better. But I just, I really want us to really question where our comments and our thoughts and our ideas come from um, and how we are perpetuating a culture that could potentially cause someone further harm. Um, because ultimately, even if it is a small interaction, small interactions have a very long lasting impression. I will never forget, you know, the moments in my life where somebody was really kind to me after someone was really terrible to me. Mm. Um, I will never forget the moments when someone said something really sweet and it was unexpected. Um, mm -hmm. I'll never even for I mean, I rarely even forget like there'll be days I go for a run and um, someone will honk and give me a thumbs up and that plays out in my head, right? This idea that someone saw me hustling, sweating, fat yeah. as all ever, trying to get my life on the, you know, in the streets and they, they thought to give me a thumbs up and a, and a smile and a honk, right? Um, yeah. So I just think about that, right? Like, let's just, we, we really just need to be more kind to one another. So. Yeah, and we just keep going back and forth saying, and then to close this out, uh, yeah. but no, go ahead, because go ahead, go ahead. you said account accountability, I think we mistake accountability. I'm over accountability. I think it's like jumped the shark and lost all meaning okay. now, okay. but um, <laughs> just in terms of how we, how many people use it and how, and how many different ways people use it. Right. I think something to remember is that accountability is not something that that person can do for mm -hmm. you. Like, I think we're like, well, we want to hold him accountable. I want to hold him accountable. What does that mean? What can he do? Like, if we're using Justin Timberlake as an example, what can he do today that holds that is accountability for what he has done? Uh -huh. Of course, he can apologize. Of course, whatever. But accountability is something that you have to do yourself. Not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not the right way to say it. But it's like you have to figure out how to hold him accountable. Yeah. You know, the easiest way is not support his movies and music mm -hmm. um r kelly in my opinion yeah r kelly like there's nothing that they can do that will ever be sufficient when people mm -hmm. say i want to hold someone accountable there's nothing they can do that's sufficient for that so you have to figure out for you what that is it shouldn't be going online and leaving him mean messages every single you know day that there's that cute um, Janet Jackson Appreciation Day every Super Bowl now that yes. people do because of uh, because of finally like trying to spread the word about how wrong um, Justin Timberlake did mm -hmm. Janet Jackson and mm -hmm. don't forget Les Moonves at CBS and all of that stuff who also did so many wrong things to Janet Jackson right. but Get that's like too. a way <laughs> that's right but that's a way of Get posting again. in a way that's not so mean to Justin Timberlake, but also lifting up Janet Jackson and remembering and honoring mm. her. So it's like these little ways, I think you have to figure out, you can't demand accountability of someone. You have to figure out what that means for you. Right, right, right. And then you have to draw a line, like not supporting them or, or supporting, you know, 
if an apology is going to be enough for you, then okay. Not that Justin Timberlake has given a sufficient one, but like you have to figure out, I think we're displacing accountability. It means that you have a relationship with between the person that you can hold them accountable. You can't Mm -hmm. hold someone like Justin Timberlake accountable because you have no relationship to him. Good point. Good point. Um, But you do as a fan or a, Mm -hmm. or a consumer. So, well, I think he got his due diligence when that last album he tried to (laughs) sell. Well, that was me kind of snickering through target when I saw that they had that big stand and it was literally every single rack (laughs) was full. And I was like, okay. So yeah. And there you go. Like that we Mm -hmm. should be, we should like, give a little round of applause for that because that's one way uh-huh but other than that you can't demand something of him that he's never going to give right. you as just a random person that does or doesn't buy his music you know that's you a have really to figure good point. that out but that's like a whole other episode where we could talk about what yeah. is accountability even what is true accountability anymore? look yeah. like yeah and i appreciate you saying all of that and so with that being said we are going to go ahead and move on to our next segment um, we are going to talk a little bit, talking about people who don't get their due diligence. So um, for this week's <laughs> music moment, I oh. did you. So one, I'm going to say, did you watch the Super Bowl? If you didn't, I'm going to give you applause. Oh, no, I did not. Yay. OK, good. OK, so we're on the same plane here. <laughs> I just um, saw those like photos of that many people in the stands and I was like, oh, 25. I know they were vaccinated or whatever. Most of them. I don't care. It's still just like thousand. a jarring sight to see. Yeah. 25,000 people <laughs> I know. in an arena. But anyway, we don't care about that. We care about the um, music moments, right? <laughs> yes. So not going to spend too much time on the weekend because I didn't. Wa- so the thing is, is I'm on another podcast. Shout out to Jim Lanahan and friends. Um, and so we were recording during the time of, uh, um, of the, the of the Super Bowl. I honestly don't care about the Super Bowl either. I do enjoy peeking in for the music. The weekend, I don't. Ca- he makes music for haunted strip um, strip clubs, <laughs> so I don't. I don't really do anything with the weekend. I will say though that um, I saw Jasmine Sullivan opened, and I did. I ha- I, I, I sh- yes, she killed it. Um, which is to be expected. Sure. I had questions about why that country man was singing with her. That country man. Um, so I have an unpopular opinion about that. Um, I mean, I have questions too, like, cause that wasn't really, I mean, maybe it had always been planned, but it wasn't really like build that way. Right. Um, I don't know who he is in mm-hmm. country world how how popular and famous he is in country world obviously mm-hmm. it was a very cliche type unity type message trying to go for a unity type message uh-huh. but with him anchoring the song with his kind of jasmine sullivan is a phenomenal singer and songwriter and musician regardless if people don't know her they don't know that but um right anyone tuning in because they heard Jasmine Jasmine Sullivan was going to sing the anthem probably already knows that. I've seen her live once. It was amazing. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for Middle America, um, having him anchor the song in kind of such a mediocre way, it made her vocals shine even more. Yeah. Like, because you shine against... I don't know. It was... She could have sang it all, the whole thing. I didn't like... Yeah. If she were going to have sung it all by herself, I don't think I would have liked that arrangement with the single guitar, you know, whatever yeah. they were doing. I would have liked more of a 
traditional Whitney Houston type moment with her uh-huh. soaring on vocals. But because he was giving that bluesy guitar and just kind of, you know, mediocre white man vocals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was able to do runs that wouldn't have made sense with the mel- if the melody had not been being sung by him. So yeah. I thought... As an unpopular opinion, of course I would have liked her to sing it by herself, but given this, that how given it was happening, yeah. I think it actually bolst it, it. It let her do more than she would have been able to otherwise. Yeah, with I, the arrangement. Yeah, I I agree. I I am I'm definitely going to say I agree because there were notes that even in his range, like that. So. So, so shout out to singers because people, so people don't understand how another, I was just thinking about this. I'm going to say, you know, I'm all over the place. I was going to say this, a song that I didn't realize was really hard to sing is Lose My Breath by Destiny's Child. That mm. song is fucking hard to sing um, because the cadence of the song, it's like they go yeah. into a course and then it speeds up. And then they go back to singing at like a, a like a regular pace. Yeah. And then there's a lot of up and down in terms of the course. So song like someone who understands musicology in a way that a lot of people just some people listen to music just to listen to music. I actually study it. Right. So I grew up studying music. So like that song is a very but even the same thing with the Star Spangled Banner. The Star Spangled Banner. There are so many key changes in that song. There are mm-hmm. so many note changes in that song. There are so many, um, I like to call them anchor notes, right? Like you can't, you can't just get into, so for instance, like when you go into, um, most of the key, most of the key of that song is in, I think it's in an E. And so like you, you basically staying at that level and then it just, it continues to climb. (laughs) (laughs) You could take, as soon as you get, you know, oh, say, can you see? And then you literally at that C note, you literally has to stay at the C, D note. And then it starts to move into the E and the high F. So it literally is just a very hard song to sing. So hearing him and knowing his, I was like, his tonality, I was like, he's not going to get into those notes that she can get into around this song. And it was nice to see her hold his guitar because she almost, it was almost like she was using her voice as the instrument, which was like in in cadence with the guitar. I just want to say this. It burns me. to the depths of my soul that Jasmine Sullivan is not bigger than what she is. Mm. Like for her just on principle, I, and I'm almost speechless because I still think about how much bigger she could have been. Um, It burns me that she's not a bigger star than what she is. And I think about that quite often, like watching the Super Bowl performance, it only reiterated for me how angry I am that she has not gotten the shine that she deserves as an artist. Yeah. I mean, it's all music business politics or entertainment politics too, but she does deserve, I mean, she really only her first single break the windows, right. Got Mm -hmm. a little, that's need you bad. Actually need you bad. I think was her biggest. Oh, really? That was the biggest. Need You Bad was her biggest hit. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's, I mean, yeah, she's great as a writer, as a as a stylist of whatever song, just like with this. Um, I guess if you're Jasmine Sullivan, you don't want to come into it being like, I'm going to do a repeat of the Whitney Houston right. anthem either. Although I did see a cute video of her from the day before when she was 
rehearsing it mm-hmm. and she wore the same tracksuit the white tracksuit that Whitney Houston wore that when she oh, sang that's it so cute I mean not probably not the same literal one but she had a tracksuit <laughs> just similar the, to it yeah. just the same um and she did it to honor Whitney obviously but mm-hmm. um she was evil even able to do some like harmony stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do as a solo singer seeing right. that because of his mm-hmm. basic um melody line of the stuff so I'm not as mad about that as some other people, the two of oh, them together. I'm not together. mad about it either. Right. But I, on, obviously on social media, mm-hmm. everyone was like, she can't get, and it goes to that thing, like, why can't she get her shine on her own? Mm-hmm. Um, she does have the new, I listened to the her brand new album. I didn't love it as much as the others, um, but I don't need to get into that either. <laughs> the no, Hotels I, one. I will um, say, yeah, I did too. I did listen and I will say that I think it's because it's not for me. Like, I I think that that's the thing, like, even just Brandy, like, B7, like, I didn't really get into B7 either, and a lot of people were like, oh, this this is great, and I'm going, she was just on a different plan, like, she was, her her plane and her plan for that album didn't speak to me, and that's okay, that doesn't take away from the fact that she's a phenomenal artist, like, the fact that Hotels didn't speak to me, it's it's okay, it's about black women and their struggles with dating, well, and the writing, it's <laughs> its not even the subject matter for me. It's like the writing um, and the song composition was much uh-huh. more along like the SZA vein and like that new kind yeah. of um, meandering R&B, yeah. like without the strong hook as the chorus necessarily yeah, 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 and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So it was just a... Kevin, uh, yeah. Kevin, we're old. Oh. We're old. That's why. We're old. <laughs> I catch myself having to, but I don't even think it's no. We're old. I think the young, the young kids could still appreciate Mm -hmm. a chorus and a a hook and a. It's 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 basically the same thing. It's the mumble. It's the avocado mumble. A lot of a lot of R and B music. Let's let's be real here. A lot of the R and B music has become mumble. It's mumble singing. And so we're used to we're used to the Tony Braxtons. We're used to the. We're used to the Diana Rosses, the the people who actually Diana Ross. Mm, that's even it. Let me stop. Um, Wait, Jim. I saw a video with um. It was either Jimmy Jam or Terry Lewis talking about Janet Jackson and how yeah. they likened her to Diana Ross because they're like, you know, Diana Ross isn't a a singer singer. She's not Aretha Franklin. Right. But Aretha Franklin is not a singer that people at home sing along to. Di- Diana Ross is a singer that everyone can sing along sing to. Along so it's to, like yeah. it's not less. She's still talented. It's like, and it's like a Janet Jackson. You can sing along to her melody, and you're not having to do all the runs and the um, other stuff. But whatever. (laughs) No, I get it. I totally get it. Like, there's a difference between being a singer and a performer, and I think Diana Ross falls into the category of a performer. Um, But I say all of that to say, like, I just think that there's a even me listening to so so recently this weekend. I got into this random. I don't know if you go through this. Do you ever just randomly get? A, like a, a hankering to listen to a certain song and then it drags you into like this like this whole so that happened oh, yeah. to me this week when I was cleaning my house I wanted to hear SWV's um, Use Your Heart because uh-huh. um, I forget what her name is in the group she she sings the bridge I think it's Taj who bring who sings the I don't bridge remember. Yeah. Um, and it, she's the one with the heavy alto voice mm-hmm. um, and I just I love that song for the fact that she carries the bridge so well in that song um, I like Coco's voice, but sometimes it can be a lot. Um, I say all of that to say, like, I got dragged into this very deep R&B hole of, like, 90s R&B, where I was, like, listening to, like, old school R&B songs I hadn't even heard in ages. 
Um, and yeah. I say all of that to say, like, I recognize that I'm just a 90s kid, like, I, in terms of yeah. music. Like, I'm never going to be able, once I get to 2005 or 2006, it ends. Like, everything <laughs> after 2006 for me is, like, I have no interest in it. So, hmm. I don't know what that is, but that's just me. Like, I, okay. I guess I'm just an old head when it comes to music. I don't think, um, I think this jasmine sullivan project isn't like an album album it's like mm -hmm. more of a ep it? in between mm -hmm. and i think she will go back to more of what the sound of more of what she had before i don't know but yeah th th this went a little too mumbles mumble avocado singing mm -hmm. for me and of course it had so all those amazing. same yeah it mm -hmm. had all those um artists that are known Her. for that on there yeah. too yeah it's a little and I don't, I can't even, the, I will say though that I am a big Ari Lennox fan and I don't know why that song didn't hit me because I love hmm. Ari. But like I said, it's just, I don't think it's for me and that's okay. So we're going to, so with that being said, the musical moment, go <laughs> give Jasmine Sullivan a couple of spins. If you are not keen or if you don't know her, I music, recommend you the third album the most. Yes. What, what's it yes. called? Um, um, Beauty that's Reality Show. Reality Show. Beauty mm -hmm. Show. Reality Show was her best work. I think that's the best one, yeah. Mm hmm. Reality Show is definitely the best work. Um, so there's that. We're gonna move into per my uh, my love of trash television. Um, <laughs> are you watching anything that you want to tell the people? Look, I I would tell the people because I'm not ashamed of trash <laughs> TV, yeah. but I actually over the last year at least I I can't watch it because. I guess the world is so trash that I can't. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> compound it. I find I myself that. watching serious things or, mm -hmm. you know, like drama because I used to watch all of it, all the housewives, all the everything, you know, and I just mm -hmm. and maybe it's also that I'm getting older, but I also think the shows are getting worse. They are. Like I had no even though I'm from Utah, I kind of wanted to watch the Salt Lake City Housewives. I was I, gonna ask you what I your, your thoughts were on that. I watched the first episode. I just couldn't get into it, and yeah, just like with the others, I can't get into the new seasons. It seems like watching their problems now is too much because I'm like, I can't even <laughs> I leave the house. Yeah. I can't even <laughs> leave the house. I don't care about your stupid. Right. Me and my husband have fallen into the trap and I say fallen into the trap. I don't know how this happened. So I used to be very anti watching my 600 pound life because I was always worried that I was going to become 600 pounds. No fat phobia. I'm just saying I like to eat and it's a thing. Right. Um. So I was always like, I don't want to watch the show because it gives me anxiety. And then we yeah. just recently started watching it. Um, and I'm not going to make any comments about the people specifically on the show, because like I said, I don't want this segment or this part to become fat phobic. I have no problem with people going on to the show. What I do have a problem with is the fat people who go on the show and cry to doctor now about really wanting the help and then don't go through with the program. That bugs me. Um, and it's and, and it's frustrating mm -hmm. because I, and me and my husband have had conversations as we've been watching this, right? What does this show say to society about fat people um, or about people who emotionally eat? Because a lot of what you're seeing on that show, it's not about, it, it, so how do I say this as a fat person? It's, cause so, Oh, God, I don't want to make this bigger than what it needs to be. So I'm trying to process how I say this so we can move out of this. Yeah. I 
have processed with my therapist a lot. So the reason why I'm overweight is because growing up, I was extremely poor and food was a privilege in my household, if that makes sense. We didn't have, okay. we, I didn't grow up in a household with a lot of food. Right. Like we would at times have a lot of food because obviously my mom was on food stamps and yada, yada, yada. However, by the time we got to like the 15th or the 16th of the month, there was no food in the house. So when mm. we did get food again, we would overeat because mm. obviously, yay, food. So I catch myself doing that as an adult now with a, with a very decent, I'll say decent, uh, expendable income. I will catch myself over buying food when I go to like drive throughs and stuff because I know I can, right? Um, I have the money mm. in my bank account to buy two, two number sevens from McDonald's is not going to hurt my bank account. That's where my mind mm -hmm. is now. Um, and so that's the reason why I find with a lot of the people on the show, they have these really strong connections to food because of emotional issues that they're carrying. And I wish the show spent more time talking about that than mm. really showing these people struggling with losing the weight. Like that's the only frustration I have with the show. But hmm. yeah, that's just the thought that, that I wanted to get out on the air. I mean, that actually mirrors what we were talking about before. There's no incentive to show that part because what people, a lot of what reality TV people tune in is for the spectacle. Yeah, the rather spectacle. Than the, yeah. And then, and then meanness comes, ter, mm -hmm. comes out of the spectacle. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to focus on the emotional issues, you have to find kindness to, right. Right. and understanding and... Um, Whatever. You have to think. Yeah. You have to think deeper. And so I yeah. just I watch the show like as a fat person. I I watch it with a different lens. I don't watch it because of the oh look at them, you know, struggling to get on the you know get in the bathtub or look at them, you know, ha 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 that they, you know, it's just it's it's for someone like myself who is you know and I and I say I'm overweight. I recognize I'm nowhere near six hundred pounds. I do recognize that you know I'm I'm blessed to afford to have a Peloton. Um, I'm I'm blessed that I can get up and go run like I'm, I'm in a place where I'm 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 heavy but I'm also very like I'm very active and you've seen like in the last few months folks who follow me on social will know that I've been very vocal about working out because I'm trying to encourage other people that being fat doesn't mean that you have to hide that you're working out being fat means if mm. you want to work out and you want to encourage other people to work out, work out. I'm not working out to lose weight. I'm working out because I just need my body to move. But mm -hmm. I say all of this to say, like, there's the stigma around fat people working out, which we could get into in another episode. But I say all of that to say, I just wish that we talked more about the mindset of overeating and, and people being fat and what that means. Maybe that's mm. an episode. Who knows? Anyway, with that being said, this episode is getting long. We are about to get into the sandbox. What's your gripes for this episode? I don't know if I said this before, but I'm sick of everyone calling everything self-care. Um, <laughs> have I said that before? I probably use this as a gripe. In a different iteration, but go off, sis, because okay, I just no did a presentation no on this, but go on. On self-care or everyone calling it <laughs> that it was a little uh, bit of both what true self-care looks like yeah that's i mean that's still an important question but everyone and their dog is now like oh i ate a cheeseburger today self-care oh i ordered pizza self-care oh i you know like <laughs> audrey lord came up with the i mean I don't know if she was like trying to come up with a term or whatever, yeah. but it's, it comes so much of what we say about it comes from Audre Lorde and she was battling cancer and talking about self-care being 
standing up for herself and like, you know, standing up for her health and, and demanding that she comes first. Yeah. And so it's just like, everything is self-care, like yoga class is self-care and everyone. And I'm like, come on, you're sanitizing yeah. it so much. And yeah. by all means, go to your yoga class, like take a moment for you if that's what you want to do, but don't right. pretend it's a political statement called right. self-care. <laughs> right, 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 right. And everybody and their dog on Instagram and Twitter is like, everything is self-care. And I just, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's the, it again, it's capitalism. I think yeah. people, people miss, I think people misunderstand self-care at, in like they, they they convolute it with capitalism and i think for me self-care is when someone sends me an email and says hey can you do this and i say no like mm. that and especially or i say is there a budget and they yeah, tell like me prioritizing oh, the, yeah, your, yeah that's self-care but i hear you i hear you wholeheartedly <laughs> sis because people don't read that's what it is well, ain't nobody yeah. reading ain't nobody going to everydayfeminist.org my forever nope. gripe Mm-hmm. people won't read people won't read and so because they won't read they think instagram is gonna teach them something and it... <laughs> oh you know what else just as a quick aside instagram poetry i fucking hate instagram wait poetry. a minute come it's on like... now what is that no it's just people <laughs> that post like you know it they they have what? a whole brand out of posting like inspirational quotes but they're organized like a poem so it's like they're a poet now and there's oh, instagram no. I call it Instagram poetry. I don't think the rest of the world calls it that, but there's for sure certain kinds of like pages out there that just post these like very quick motivational poems on Instagram that could just be quotes, but our poems i wish people could see us on because <laughs> yeah. i just have my eyes at the camera it's like they'll just and i can <laughs> one of my favorite things is just like making them up on the spot it can be like don't forget the stars are sometimes dark too or like something i don't know it's just like <laughs> oh, okay. it's you know this faux mm. deep yeah inspirational yeah pseudo inspirational you know what you you just said something that really struck a chord with me so i'm gonna say this my <laughs> original sand, no yes my poem. sandbox point i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my original but i'm gonna also go with something that's been on my heart too so my original sandbox like my sand throwing was um i am i i don't call myself a runner but i call myself a fast walker um and as somebody who is fast walking slash jogging most of the week um i spend a lot of time around my area long story short people don't stop for pedestrians and it really gets on my nerves Mm. um so if you see someone fast walking walking whatever the case may be stop for them that was my original point but you know what (laughs) something else really bugs me um that i have been really it's just been mulling over in my soul and i'm gonna use this as mine this week i am tired of everybody trying to be the smartest person in the room and that's what I feel like a lot of this Instagram influencer yeah. situation ship is people trying to be the smartest person. Like, like I have people on the regular come to me and say, Hey, Dr. John Paul, can you give me advice about how I can start my business or how I can become a speaker or how I can. Do... And I, I will very really say, Nope, I don't <laughs> No, I don't have any advice for you because what works for know. me is not going to work for you. Right. So why am I going to pass like, myself off? You're still figuring it out too as you go. Girl, <laughs> I there are so many things that I still don't know. And I've been doing this shit for almost six years. 
and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So why? Why am I going to go on Clubhouse and say, let me start a room <laughs> to tell people how to become a, a paid entrepreneur speaker? Like, I'm not making fun of people for that, but it's like, dog, you ain't got to be the smartest person in the room all the time. Say you yeah. don't know something. That's okay. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just, I'm I, the pandemic, I also, LOL, meant to mention in my head, um, random sidebar, and then we can close off the episode. Did huh. you see... All those pe- that that guy who got fired for doing the silhouette challenge. There's been a couple of people. Who <laughs> no, <have posted. laughs> no. There have been a couple of people online who have gotten fired for doing the silhouette challenge. I just want to say this: not every challenge is meant for you to do. I just want to say that again to anybody who's listening, just as a reminder that some of these challenges are not meant for you and your <laughs> bank account. Meaning. Do not do the silhouette challenge in your job. <laughs> Don't do the silhouette challenge if you have a public facing position. Yeah. That is why you won't see my big ass doing <laughs> the silhouette challenge because I recognize that I do a lot of stuff with education. <laughs> I just posted a meme of Beyonce dancing and I said, that's going to be my silhouette challenge. Yeah, the partition video is yeah, the mm-hmm. original silhouette challenge. Yeah, yeah. Even um, Six Inch Heels. There's a part of Six Inch Heels when oh, she's true. in the red and she's like dancing on the stage and she's doing like that mini catwalk. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's for me what the original silhouette but challenge But partition is. came out even yeah. before T. that, so. T. Mm-hmm. So she's the original silhouette challenge. Well, I say all of that to say, Kevin, do you have any announcements this week? <laughs> nope. Um, I'm still waiting on, I said last time, there's, I I was a guest on a new podcast. Um, The podcast did premiere already, so you can take your own guesses at who I might be on talking with about Beyonce at some future episode. But once I know the date, um, I'm not gonna, tell us, episode hasn't, tell us who you talking to. She is, give us a hint, someone everyone will know. (laughs) Is she a writer? No, she is an actress and producer and Is it is it is it who I think it is? Maybe. We'll talk about it after. Okay, we have to okay, okay. You know, I never get to be, do one of these like uh mysterious more details will come so soon. Yes, you better live uh, in that. Yeah. So I'm girl, I'm yes. milking it for all it's worth. As you should. What about you? Um Girl, they got me over here working, child. I, I'm everywhere. And the thing is, is that so just an FYI, my website is under construction. So mm. I'm not updating anything on the new website that I have because ugh, Squarespace is weird. Um, I, if you have a Squarespace website, God bless you. Um, But long story short, if I update anything on the current website I have, it won't move over to the new one that I'm building. So I can't update it. Um. But I say all of this to say there are a couple of panels that I'm going to be on in the coming days. I'm actually on a panel tomorrow um, talking actually with Jay Mace and um, Erica Hart. We're talking about the conversation around um, basically reclaiming and taking back space. So if you are interested in that, um, actually, by the time this premieres, you'll have a couple of hours before to actually register (laughs) for that panel. So um if we yeah go over to my instagram i posted about it send me a dm if you're interested dr john paul that if you want to be there i'll send you the link 
Um, and then other than that, like I said, there's a couple of more panels. I'm being asked to do panels. Um, just really trying to keep my life together this Black History Month. I went into this month thinking that I was going to not be busy. And um, <laughs> I think the universe laughed in my face. So mm. I'm very much, I wouldn't say that I'm like, I don't want to be like, I'm booked and busy, bitch. Like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just in this mindset of like, I'm really trying to do as much work as I can before people forget about black people again until June. Um, <laughs> so, so that's oh basically it. Another side note, but did you see those stories? My home state of Utah is letting certain people opt out of black mm-hmm. history. Month. I saw I was that. like, if I was a teacher... I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll just teach it in March. Like you opted out in right. February, you opted out in just February, so you're gonna get it. <laughs> move in it March. to March. I don't mm-hmm. know. But you're gonna get this Black History oh, in this class. God. Yeah, doing me, yeah. doing me real proud back in Utah. Uh, yeah, I think right. it's actually a small, like it's not mm-hmm. statewide or anything. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Jesus, no, I get it. It's just everything is it's just everything is garbage. <laughs> everything is garbage. Um, yeah, but with that being said, thank you everybody for listening to this long, um, I would say our episodes are getting longer and I'm happy about it. And I'm actually quite proud that we're diving into these conversations in depth and we are having fun. Um, find us on social media, uh, continue to take care of one another. Um, also drink your water and, um, make sure you lotion your elbows, um, (laughs) because they will be ashy and, um, yeah. We will catch you on another episode. Um, Take care. Bundle up. Um, Yeah, you have a lot of snow. Yeah. It's supposed to be more, too, but it's, like, not that bad. It was last week, but this week is okay. Well, it's going to be raining here in Cali, so um, take Mm. care. Bundle up, y'all. Wear your mask. Uh, Stay away from people six feet. Um, And if you went to a Super Bowl party this week, go get a uh, COVID test. That being said, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Why you only sitting black and white? But you should be living.